thank you for letting me interview you. My first question is, why do you want to do this interview? Why do I want to do this interview? Um, well, because, first of all, you've been very patient with me. Um, as you can imagine, I get a lot of requests like this, but you've been really patient and really positive and enthusiastic. And I think the scope of your project sounds interesting, so it was important to me that I prioritize this one. Okay. I really appreciate that. How would you define a maverick? Oh, I think a maverick is somebody who um, does what their gut tells them to do, even if it's not necessarily the easy or the popular choice. Okay. Okay. Why do you think you're a maverick? Well, I don't know. I, I was always um, really lucky. I was born just being relatively comfortable in my own skin and really trusting the things that I loved. And um, I've always been an intensely curious person and an imaginative person. And I've just uh, been led to such joy and to such incredible life experiences by really trusting those passions of mine. Wonderful. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. Um, I don't know that I would say that. Okay. Depends. Have, depends. Depends on the day. Okay, so true, false, or can't decide? Uh, let's say can't decide. Okay. I have very unusual talents. I think that's true. I'm generally underestimated by people. I don't think that's true. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Uh, I think that's probably true, though it sounds a little obnoxious to say that, doesn't it? Mm. Why do you do things differently? I don't. I definitely don't do it on purpose. I think I've just always been a bit of a weirdo. Okay, okay. <laughs> Can you give me an example of something you do differently and how? Um, you know, I incorporate a lot of very imaginative, mythological, fantastical kind of thinking, um, just because that's really what I love in okay. my personal life and in my creative life. And I'm often surprised by how that actually feeds my professional life sometimes, too. Okay. Is what you do equated with the bottom line... Or something else? Is what I do what with the bottom line? Is it equated? Is it all about money? Is it about the bottom line? Or is it about something else? Um, I mean, it depends who you're asking. If you're asking me why I do it, it's not about the bottom line. So what is it about? Um, I... I try to spend time on things that are meaningful and okay. inspiring. Okay. 
Is any part of being a maverick to do with having autonomy over your life? Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I'm really blessed. The people that I work with are all very creative as well. And we're very um, solutions oriented as opposed to process oriented. Right. And I think that's a real key to being productive. And it's a real key to being innovative. If you give people a problem to solve, um, or even give people the space to play and come up with new ideas, I think it's a much more efficient use of time than micromanaging and and telling people how to solve the problem. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, mindsets? And if so, what are they? I think it requires um, being insatiably curious and having um, a real eclectic palette I think that uh, the people who come up with the most interesting ideas in business aren't coming up with them because they're reading business books all the time, because they're ingesting artwork, they're paying attention to their relationships, they're traveling, they're reading, Um, they just always have the antennae up, and they draw inspiration from everything. Thank you. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Um, impatience. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think that when one has a clear vision, especially if that vision is a little bit out of the box, right. um, one has to also be really patient with other people who might not get it or might not be there yet. Definitely. And also just patient with process, you know, these things, just because you have a great idea, mm-hmm. Idea. Everybody can have good ideas, yes. but there's a whole other part of um, of the equation, which is then doing the thing, and, and actions take time. Okay. Do you think you're born a maverick or bred a maverick? I would say it's a bit of both. Okay. And did your childhood in any way impact on you being a maverick? Absolutely. Um, My parents are very artistic and very open-minded, supportive, accepting people. And because of that, I was always allowed to um, just pursue my interests, even if they were a little bit offbeat. Okay. How would you describe your energy as a maverick? I would say my energy is... Oh, my God. Fluctuating. Okay. Okay. How do you see rules, Pam? Rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's great to know what the rules are, and I think it's important to know what the parameters are, um, and it's important to know one's history, and it's important to know one's goals, but certainly with an eye towards bending or um, totally catapulting over the rules if one needs to at okay. times. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? I think I always have, but I've certainly learned to trust myself more with each passing year and each passing project. 
Um, it's so much of it is about getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things and growing. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy, but it's very worthwhile. Okay. Do you turn the dial on the maverickism level up and down? Um, I think it's probably just gotten a little bit more amplified <laughs> as I've gotten older. Okay. Just because I think the older one gets, the more comfortable one becomes with oneself. Okay. Hopefully, if one is living truthfully anyhow. One of my questions is, has age and experience altered your maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown? So apart from amplifying it, anything else you want to add to that? I also think I've become um, less scared of sharing different facets of myself. Okay. Um, when I'm not involved in work during the day for my job, you know, I'm very entrenched in an entirely different world, which is, I, I alluded to before, I, I'm involved in the world of magic and mythology. I read that about you. Yeah, yeah. and I, I used to really try to keep them very compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. I was very scared and fearful that if people knew how much I loved that, that they wouldn't take me as seriously in yeah. a business context. And I'm still going through this process of, of letting that fear go. Um, but it's definitely um, something I've become much more comfortable with as yeah. I've gotten older. I can sh share that with you because like, I was thinking for years, everybody's going to say, what would a children's nurse know about business? But I'm really, really good at the soft skills. I mean, you think about it. I moved to Vancouver last May. I know absolutely nobody. And look at the calibre of people I'm interviewing around the world. And I suddenly realised that I have this amazing skill set that people are now beginning to see. Like, I've been teaching autonomy, empathy, listening with respect, dignity, all those things that the business world really needs. Absolutely. So, yeah, completely get that. So living a more integrated way. Definitely. And accepting all the different parts of yourself rather than yeah. trying to keep them separated. I see it as I don't have to be yellow today and blue today. I can be a rainbow every day. That's right. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, I think the advantages is is you get to meet incredibly interesting people and work on projects that are meaningful mm -hmm. and um, try new things. It's very exciting. Um, it means that the day-to-day -day doesn't get monotonous because there's always new problems to solve and new things to learn. Um, I think some of the drawbacks, I suppose, for me lately, if I'm being honest, is that it's been very exhausting because yeah. some of my recent projects have been successful and that's right. exciting, but with success comes a lot of energy expenditure. Okay. Okay. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, perhaps the way in which I present myself, okay. um, you know, a lot of what I do is about speaking publicly and it's okay. important to me that while I come across as an articulate and hopefully quasi intelligent person, that I'm also myself. And it's important to me that I don't come across as some, 
you know, buttoned up corporate person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that I am speaking in my true voice and in my genuine style. And for the people who get it, that comes across as authentic and they connect with it. And anybody who doesn't like it, too bad. What aspects of your business are you least maverick in? I'm a stickler for punctuation and syntax. Okay. Like I'm just, yeah, really buttoned up about writing. Okay. And what about your life? What aspects are you most maverick in there? Hmm. I suppose just a lot of the things I was talking about before, my interests in magic and witches and surrealism, okay. I think is a little bit um, offbeat for, for the average bear, but it's what I love. And how do you balance being a maverick with home life? Well, I'm married to a maverick. Oh, okay. Cats. So we have a great understanding. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? I think that's a really interesting thought. Um, It's not one I've thought about. It's more, certainly there's a legacy of, um, you know, wanting to just leave the world a bit more vivid and a bit more, um, I mean, I keep coming back to that word meaningful. Yeah, no, no, that's lovely. Then, then when I entered here, you know, I just want to really live, um, truthfully and I certainly want to be of service to people, Okay, but I also want to have a ball. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, why are we here? Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Oh, my goodness. Um, A lot of it probably has to do with just advocating for myself. And I'm really lucky that, you know, I work for a place that's been very supportive of my career. But there's definitely been conversations along the way where I really had to be a champion for myself. And that's not always comfortable conversations to have. And one fears that one will come across um, either entitled or obnoxious. And um, those are always kind of my least favorite conversations to have. But I think it's important that we as women have them. Oh, my God, yes. But that that everybody has them. That when you get to a certain point and you say hey, I'm ready to grow and I'm ready to be acknowledged or, you know, compensated um, in, a, in a different way that we speak up for ourselves. There's a fine line, I find, between pushy and assertive. That is very true. And it's standing on the side of assertiveness. I'm actually working, coaching somebody in London who I'm teaching her, helping her to understand how she can negotiate better. Yeah. You know, if you, because what I do is I say to her, how much are you worth? And she'll tell me. And then we'll break down what she actually said to somebody they could pay her for her services. And there's a discord. Absolutely. And what I do is I t- I'm helping a lot of women get this idea of negotiating for themselves and why they hold themselves back. Exactly. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? 
What do you mean by ventures? Well, some people I interview, they're like serial entrepreneurs. So they're setting company after company. And some people have worked in one business for 10, 15 years, but they've done, then I ask them how many projects have they done. Exactly. So I've been at Getty Images for going on 11 years. Okay. In my, okay. and that's been the duration of my, you know, day okay. job career. Um, in that time, let me think about this. I think I've had like seven different positions here. Wow. And grown a great deal. Um, okay. And over, I've overseen countless projects, okay. really. Okay. The, the biggest one, of course, being the Lean In Collection. Okay, so let me do it this way. What, regardless of the number, what do you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? I think it's one where um, you're involved in a symbiotic relationship with other people, where everybody feels like they're benefiting and everybody gets an energetic charge from working on the project. Everyone feels like they're doing something meaningful and are contributing. Um, I think it's uh, something that genuinely feels like you're making a difference in the world. And that is hopefully, you know, fun to work on as well. And what, what leads to successful execution of a venture for you then, of a project? What is it? Really clear communication and open channels of communication, I think, okay. is absolutely key. Um, delegation is huge, especially for someone like me who, you know, sometimes, or at least in the past, defaults to... Well, I have this vision, so I'll just do everything myself. And and I've really had to learn how to delegate and choose my, um, I don't want to necessarily say battles because that's a bit of a negative connotation, but really choose, you know, where to put my energy and how to prioritize. What do you do that makes a venture successful? What do you bring to the table, Pamela? Um, I think that on my best days, I'm a very appreciative person. I'm careful to say thank you, to give, you know, as much praise and positive feedback as I can, because I think it's important that everybody feels good and feels acknowledged and seen. Um, And I think also, hopefully, sense of humor Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of heart. I really put my heart and my passion into things uh, when when it's something that I care very deeply about. Okay. When a venture is unsuccessful, what do you think is the main reason for failure? Budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice and easy. Yep. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Um, I think I am afraid of not being taken seriously um, because, you know, I certainly am a little bit untraditional. And just because I'm unconventional doesn't mean that I'm not also smart and effective. But I don't want to sacrifice my own tastes and style and interests um, to try to fit into some mold of what a corporate person is like. And and I think for the most part, it's been absolutely fine, but it's definitely a fear I've had in the past. Okay. Thank you for being so honest, Pamela. Sure. How important is team to you? It's everything. Okay. Absolutely. It's, you know, uh, on a day-to-day basis, it's the people you spend as much, if not more, time with than your own family. So Exactly. 
Absolutely, it's it's huge. Do you draw on other other mavericks in any way? Do I draw on other mavericks? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I have a huge list of people who inspire me, many of whom I've never met. They're okay. artists and musicians and writers and thinkers um, who I have drawn countless inspiration from. Okay. Uh, but, but absolutely, I'm very lucky and blessed that I have a lot of mavericks in my life who okay. inspire me and who are sounding boards for me. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? I, I think a lot of it was sheer luck. I was, you know, I really was born for some reason, always feeling pretty comfortable following the beat of my own drummer. Um, but my parents, as I said, have just been, they're a huge wellspring of love and acceptance and always have been. So that, you yeah. know, what was naturally there was absolutely bolstered by them. Okay. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? think so and how is being a maverick related to creativity i think it's everything i think you can't i think the creative impulse dies on the vine if you can't let yourself be weird sometimes surprise yourself or other people sometimes be unconventional um creativity doesn't doesn't do well with judgment. Okay, what a lovely way of saying it. What's that? What a lovely way of saying that. Thank you. What about innovation? How does being a maverick relate to innovation? I was saying, I, you know, I think it's a similar answer to the creativity one. Okay. But I will say that one can't be too precious about history definitely it's important to know your history and know where you've come from but you also need to be able to take risks and try new things mavericks tend to be learners what are you a student of i'm a student of the world i'm a student of the imagination i'm a student of art yeah and mythology and the unconscious um, I love anything having to do with esotericism okay. and anything having to do with spirituality, actually, yeah. is very important to me. Um, but I also love, you know, reading about business and yeah. science and Definitely. things as well. I think, you know, just, I, I, I don't know. I, I love it all. You know, you would have loved the woman I interviewed on Monday. She was in here and she's only met her Friday. She was an artist. Somebody couldn't do the Monday interview. She came round and she was jumping off the furniture. She's a visual artist and she lives in this artist colony. Oh, my God, you two need to have a conversation. She was really awesome. I've never had anybody crawl around the floor acting out things. I was like, whoa. (laughs) that's great is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you now you've said lots of people but if somebody asks you that question who's the first person that jumps into your head Mm, linda barry i don't know linda barry she is a comics artist um she has done comic strips for ever and a day and has written novels and graphic novels and she teaches these incredible writing workshops called Writing the Unthinkable. Okay. And she's just, I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple times um, and taking her class. And she's just somebody who is so 
honest and creative and funny as hell. Um, she's just a badass. Okay. I like badasses. Me too. What do you have to suffer or sacrifice because you're a maverick? Um, in all honesty, kind of the formula of certain... Uh, there's a life formula that one is allegedly supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, you get married at a certain age, though I, mm-hmm. I am married. You're supposed to have kids at a, by a certain age. I don't have children. I'm not sure if I'm going to. Mm-hmm. That's something I think, frankly, about a lot. And um, I don't have a clear answer for it at okay. this point in life. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Oh, I think that's almost all of it right there. Okay, okay. Do you like being a maverick? Do I like it? Yeah. Sure, it's fun. Is being a maverick a responsibility in any way? I do because I think I think everybody could be one mm-hmm. and is one at heart. Um, everybody is a world unto themselves, and I think one of the most the biggest responsibilities is that we all have is to be more ourselves because the more we are ourselves, the more it gives other people permission and inspiration to be themselves. And, um, you know, I think we're all here to light each other up. Okay. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, not in comparison to anybody else, but for yourself, how maverick are you? Ooh, um, I'm going to go with a seven and a half. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they can be the best maverick they could possibly be? Um, Just to really never stop learning and never stop wondering at the world. Okay. I've got a poster up there that says, wonder, is it a place or a state of mind? I love that. It's in my my whole room surrounded by that kind of energy. How do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? It's really important to me that the people that are in my life um, feel supported and safe. And accepted and acknowledged. Okay. Um, so I try to be a great audience member, uh, both literally and metaphorically, and um, to shine a light on greatness whenever I can. Okay. If you were doing something different in life, what would it be? Different than what I'm doing yeah. now? I would love to, let's see, I would probably, well, this is something I hope to be doing someday, but to open an esoteric art center. Wonderful. You're so good to do that. Yeah, I'm working on it in the background. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Oh, I think probably... You know what? I'm just going to go with, uh, what's the one? Not 
uh, not transportation, where you can just show up anywhere. Teleport. Teleportation. Okay. Because I am on airplanes way too often. Often. Okay. To be. What do you do for fun? I read. I go to museums and galleries. I travel. I write. I spend time with my friends and my family and my incredible husband and our cats. I go out to restaurants and eat delicious food. Um, Walk around. Okay. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Okay. Nothing's coming right now, but it's a great question. I'm sure I'll think of something as soon as we hang up. Yeah, that happens, but that's okay because you can just email me and go, you're never going to believe it. This is what I thought of. So that's the end of the interview. What I did was I whisked through some of the questions and I left a couple of them out so we were good for time. Okay. So what I'm trying, this is my game plan, and I'd like to hear what you think because I respect what you do. My game plan is... Somebody said to me, you just made yourself the global expert on everyone who thinks differently. Because I couldn't believe Steve Jobs was the only man on the planet who thought like this. Exactly. Your number interview number 56. Wow. And I swore that I would, I had such amazing fun. And I ha- basically my life is, is twice a week I sit down in this study and I talk to the most amazing people in the planet. And then for the now for the next few days, all I'm going to do, Pam, is listen to your voice slowly saying everything you've just said, transcribing it verbatim. I know I can get software, but it just takes away all my learning. It's like, what are the similarities? What are the challenges? What does success look like to them? And that's what doesn't exist, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. And I have you seen the X-Men? Yes, right. of course. Well, I want to be, and you can laugh if you like, but I'm going to be the Professor Xavier of all the business mavericks. That's awesome. I've bought and a so you shall be. I'm going to be talking to people how to do this. But also, I've already started coaching some of them. So, for example, I coached this young boy, okay? He's 24. And he runs this thing called Five Hole for Food and Footy for Food. And what he does is he sets up a hockey match somewhere local and everybody comes to play hockey if they want, but they don't pay, they donate food. Last year, this 24-year-old man raised £340,000 worth in weight in food for homeless people. One thing that you're reminding me for us to talk about, okay. I think one very important and often... Um, underestimated element of maverickism is enthusiasm. Oh, yes. We live in a world where people have learned to be jaded and protective and cynical and have a chip on their shoulder um, or, you know, are afraid to not look cool, afraid to be messy, afraid to emote. But I would guess that virtually everyone you interview 
has enthusiasm. Definitely. That's and enthusiasm is contagious. Yes. It it ignites people and that's what you have. And it's it's magnetic and it gives energy. Energy it, can it, grow and grow and grow. And does. so I think enthusiasm is a really important piece to what? this puzzle. But the other thing I think the other side of enthusiasm or another ingredient to it is sincerity. You know, it's just pure sincerity, and you have that in spades. Oh, it's, it's about being... Because I don't pretend to be something I'm not. I just realised I'm not the only one. And the only way I can describe it is, you know, in E.T., you know when the spaceship comes down at the end and he goes home, mm-hmm. and he realises that they love him and they've come to get him and he's okay. I just realised that all these people around the world I'm interviewing... To them, to, to them, I just have a half hour, one hour conversation. But to me, I eat, breathe, drink, hear what they say. And every single one of them, like one of the chapters I'm writing is what each one of them taught me. What was the, I look at the interview and there's usually a sentence that makes me, hi, I highlight it because that's what that one gifted to me. Now, my job is to gift back to them by getting out there to the world that, hang on, you know, um, all the amazing things that happen in this world. Like, have you seen the film Pay It Forward? Yes. Can you believe it? I landed the author. (laughs) That's awesome. The last month has almost gone from really businessy type mavericks, really technical ones, to artists and social entrepreneurs, people who are changing the world. And I'm like, this is my fucking book. If I wanna if I wanna fly the banner for these people, I mean I'm an ex-children's nurse, my job is to care. Why not look at all these people and say, Yeah, you know, they're the game changers, but they're doing it in a in a different arena, but they're still thinking differently. Anybody who gets up in the morning and thinks, I found this woman okay. In Africa somewhere, there's loads of bullets, bullet shells, okay? And what these girls did was, all the African women who are like HIV positive, they don't know how to feed their children. They collect the shells of the bullets, melt them and make it into Mm jewellery. And this company sells that jewellery for them. And I asked myself, does it matter? What really matters is somewhere hundreds of thousands of miles away from them, they're helping some woman to be empowered and feed their children. That's awesome. So that's what I'm doing. It's kind of well good fun. Oh, well, I'm going to leave you with a yeah. thought that I'm having about okay. you. Oh, okay. One of the things I've discovered is beyond the work that I do, you know, the more I do it, the more I'm asked to present publicly about it. So I give a lot of presentations at festivals and conferences and on stage. And I'm seeing for you, you on a stage doing a TED Talk and sharing your enthusiasm very publicly. I think you'd be great at that. Okay. So I've, I'm seeing after this book or maybe while you're writing it or whatever, you starting to publicly speak about that, these lessons that, that you learned. Because you, your enthusiasm is the kind that would translate beautifully to a live audience. You know, sometimes, I don't know, before you go, I'll just tell you this. Sometimes what you have to do is, as a maverick, you'll understand this. You kind of got to hold the reins of that harness. It's so easy to run, and this is amazing. And what I'm having to do is 
hold it back, Billy. This is going to be if you can learn to harness this. Exactly. So what? Don't don't give it away, because ten percent of my income goes to helping children, and I want to set up my own children's charity. So I, in my brain, whenever I'm thinking, just run and do this, I remind myself that I'm going to help a hell of a lot more children if I can just curb. My 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 only mission for the rest of this year, right, is to get a hundred interviews done. Nothing else. It doesn't matter if I'm not earning any money. My partner's supporting me. I just need, to, and every interview gets exactly the same. I will do yours no different than every single else's because I success to me. Okay, I learnt it from a Bollywood movie. <sighs> Don't chase after success. Chase after being worthy. And then success will chase after you. So every day, I just get up and chase after being worthy. That's all I do. I love It's so humbling. And you just remind yourself that, you know, what a privilege it is. Like, I step out of bed. The first thing I think is, thank God I didn't have to wait for somebody to put me in a wheelchair. I walk into my sitting room and I can see English Bay, mountains, mountains, mountains. That was my dream, to live here. And the first thing I do is I step out to the first window I can get to look at and I say, thanks God, I can see. So I'm very kind of, I'm probably, but there again, stick me in Microsoft and ask me to run an innovation workshop and I can kick fucking ass. It's just people don't expect you to have both those elements. But that's just it and that's that's what I was talking about. Oh, I know. As soon as you were saying it, I thought, I know exactly what she's talking about. And that's why I didn't tell you anything about me before the interview because it was important that I learnt about you first and then you. So go do your shit. Have an amazing day. You don't know how much this means to me. I mean, fucking Getty Images. This is like, (laughs) oh, my God, this is... This is quite big, Billy. This is quite big. Just <laughs> breathe. Breathe through it and do it. Well, I look so forward to watching your journey unfold and to keeping in good touch with you. Oh, definitely. You're a force for good. Yeah, but I've I got a funny feeling you are as well because you know what? We have a tendency to attract people like that. Like attracts like. <laughs> have a wonderful day. I'm really humbled. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Billy. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.